grace, mercy, and peace are yours through the Triune God. Whether you're listening from far away or next to beautiful Seneca Lake, we hope that through the reading and proclaiming of Scripture, you hear God's wisdom, challenge, and blessing for you today. If you're able to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m., we at Hector Presbyterian Church would love to share Christ's peace with you. Let us listen for the Spirit speaking, for God has more truth and more light to share with us through the living word. Let us pray. Fiercely loving God, as you sent the Son to save the world, now send the Spirit of truth that, as the scriptures are read and proclaimed, we may know the perfect love that drives out fear and claims us as your children. In the name of Jesus, your holy human heart, we pray. Amen. Amen. A reading from the prophet Ezekiel. Say to the house of Israel, the living God proclaims, house of Israel, I am not acting for your sake, but for the sake of my holy name, which you degraded among the nations where you have gone. I will make my great name holy, which has degrade, was degraded among the nations when you dishonored it among them. Then the nations will know I am the living God. This is what the living God says. When I make myself holy among you in your sight, I will take you from the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and I will bring you to your own fertile land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be cleansed of all your pollution. I will cleanse you of all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove your stony heart from your body and replace it with a living one. And you, I will give you my spirit so that you may walk according to my regulations and carefully observe my case laws. Then you will live in the land that I gave to your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. I will save you from all your uncleanness and I will summon the grain and make it grow abundantly so that you won't endure famine. I will make abundant the orchard's fruit and the field's produce so that you will never again endure the shame of famine among the nations. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Gospel John. There was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a Jewish leader. He came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could do these miraculous signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, I assure you, unless someone is born anew, it's not possible to see God's kingdom. Nicodemus asked, how is it possible for an adult to be born? It's impossible to enter the mother's womb for a second time and be born, isn't it? I assure you, Jesus answered, unless someone is born of water and the spirit, 
It's not possible to enter God's kingdom. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. Don't be surprised that I said to you, you must be born anew. God's spirit blows wherever it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it is going. It's the same with everyone who is born of the spirit. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, take a seat next to me on tree-lined Bloomington Avenue in Minneapolis. It's the first Sunday in May, time for the annual May Day Parade. This isn't your ordinary parade. Instead of classic cars, you'll see floats pulled by bicycle. Neighbors operate larger-than-life puppets, papier-mâché puppets representing great-grandpa moose and the tree of life. And look, snaking down the street, people are maneuvering a giant serpent's head complete with fangs bared, its body made of oil barrels, a symbol of our addiction to fossil fuels. It's May Day after all, the age-old celebration of springtime and International Workers' Day. We don't rejoice in creation without grieving its desecration. We don't take for granted the connection between exploited labor and the exploited earth. Just listen to this troop of banjo players coming down the street who make music in honor of Peter Seeger, who are putting his words to song. Oh, sacred world, now wounded, we pledge to make you free of hatred, war, and hunger, of selfish cruelty. So here in this small corner, we plant a tiny seed. May it grow in beauty to shame the face of greed. The May Day Parade is not our normal life. Lament sounds awkward in our mouths. So accustomed are we to silently watching the world burn. Hope feels foreign in our chests. The poet W.H. Auden observed, we would rather be ruined than changed. We would rather die in our dread than climb the cross of the moment and let our illusions die. Thankfully, God sends the prophet Ezekiel to shock us into sense. Ezekiel's scroll is full of fantastical images like dry bones assembling into living skeletons or four-headed winged creatures and a terrifying wheel of glittering eyes. These bizarre visions burst in on the priest Ezekiel five years 
into the Judean exile in Babylon. God's weird and wondrous word came to him by the Habar River, the place where exiles lived, a cross between a refugee camp and the ghetto. It was a place where hope had withered on the vine, a place where no one expected anything to change. To them and to us, God spoke through Ezekiel, change is a coming. The transformation God describes in the passage Ford read is a mayday kind of promise. I will bring you to your own fertile land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be cleansed of all your pollution. I will save you from your uncleanness and I will summon the grain and make it grow abundantly so you won't endure famine. I will make abundant the orchard's fruit and the field's produce so that you will never again endure the shame of famine among the nations. Now an ancient prophet's image of pollution refers to idolatry, suggesting that the people exchanged the covenant relationship with the creator for transactional relationships with the gods of fertility and fair tidings. But a modern Ezekiel could just as easily make the same point by describing the cesspool of plastic clogging Earth's oceans and waterways or by naming the crude oil leaking from the Keystone XL pipeline and seeping into the soil of the Dakotas, or by lamenting the choking smoke from the burning lands of California, Oregon, and Washington. Each of these are sacrifices made to the gods of greed and short-term gain the deities who uphold the rule of the strong over the weak, the uncreators. But the one who spoke through Ezekiel has other plans. The nations will know that I am the living God. Other deities drown their apostate people in floodwaters or strike them down with lightning bolts. But the living God, the God who was and is and will be, sprinkles water. Imagine standing in a cool, cleansing summer rain. Around you, the dry earth drinks deep, life-giving water. Feel the droplets run down your face, soaking you through and through. And watch how our God works. Those imposing idols of stone and wood, a golden bull on Wall Street, towering statues of wealth, 
Watch how they sag and deflate as if they were made of cardboard. The smoking prairies and forests cease their burning, and from the black ash see the soft green seedlings stretching sunward. Breathe in the blessed air, remembering that across many cultures, the words for wind, air, and spirit are the same. In that cool, redeeming rain, what do you wish God would wash away? What grime or guilt clings to your soul, which others have told you keeps you outside the circle of God's love? And if you hear a voice whisper in your ear, impossible, the way of the world is the way things are, then recall our friend Nicodemus. The same voice needled Nicodemus, a leader in Jesus's community, under the cover of darkness, as he approached the house where Jesus was staying, that inner murmur bullied him. You don't really think that this teacher comes from God, do you? What, you hope that the world could be different? And when Jesus strays from straight answers, going on about being born anew, Nicodemus's doubts sputter into speech. How is it possible for an adult to be born? It's impossible to enter the womb for a second time. Can't you hear the heckling in Nicodemus's mind when Jesus speaks in riddles? Ha! <laughs> so much for this teacher of yours. Unless someone is born of water in the spirit, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom? Are you kidding me? Good luck figuring that one out. We know that voice, the one discouraging us from seeking God's transformation. But we also know the word of the living God who says, I will sprinkle clean water on you. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove your stony heart from your body and replace it with a living one. And I will give you my spirit so that you may live according to my ways. You will be my people I will be your God. We don't need to provide the water or the spirit that Jesus says are necessary for experiencing the kingdom. God has already poured them onto creation with loving generosity. God is already saying, come, 
Inherit the kingdom that was prepared for you before the world began. And watch Nicodemus come back to Jesus again and again, even at the very end. That voice, the voice of false gods and despair, did not get the last word. Yesterday was May Day. Today is Pascha, the day when Eastern Orthodox Christians celebrate Christ's resurrection, the spirit of revitalization, of resurrection, of new possibilities is blowing like the wind in our midst. But the spirit isn't limited to springtime. In fact, every Sunday, every Sunday is a little Easter. Every Sunday returns to that morning on the first day of the week when the faithful women discovered an empty tomb. Every Sunday, which was the first day of the week of our ancestors, the stone is rolled away from the entrance to the grave. Every Sunday, the waters of creation, including this water from Seneca Lake, become the waters by which God sprinkles us and makes us whole. Every Sunday, death is defeated. And if that's the case, then what cannot be transformed by God's Spirit? What economy or idol can compare to the living God? At the Washington National Cathedral, a set of stone carvings make up an area known as the Human Rights Porch. Mother Teresa flanks Rosa Parks. Bishop Oscar Romero blesses passers-by alongside Eleanor Roosevelt and Howard Thurman. Last week, a new addition to the Human Rights Porch was unveiled, a carving of Holocaust survivor and advocate Elia Wiesel. Millions have read his memoir, Night, describing the horrors he witnessed in Nazi concentration camps. In his 1999 address to Congress, Wiesel named the root culprit for these and other travesties. Indifference. He said, indifference is always the friend of the enemy, for it benefits the aggressor, never his victim, whose pain is magnified when he or she feels forgotten. The political prisoner in his cell, the hungry children, the homeless refugees, not to respond to their plight, not to relieve their solitude by offering them a spark of hope is to exile them from human memory. And in denying their humanity, we betray our own. 
as a man of deep Jewish faith, Elia Wiesel had read and identified with the prophet Ezekiel. So he knew that indifference was not inevitable, that change is possible. After all, God splits open our ribs, reaches in to remove our hearts of stone, replacing them with living hearts, hearts of flesh and blood and pain and hope. Such is the astounding grace of the living God, whose spirit will guide us on the path of transformation. For such grace, let us give our glory and our gratitude to God, the love who gave us birth, the love who goes ahead of us, the love who encircles us every step of the journey. Amen.